<clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, BC here, uh, bringing you another special interview today on Supreme Being the Podcast. You guys know we're live every Monday and Wednesday. Every once in a while, I like to shake it up and bring an interview. We are sponsored by Team BC, the real estate team, which is now in 12 states in the continental United States and soon to be worldwide. If you guys are interested in learning more about the team and possibly joining, I recommend you go to jointeambc.com and check it out. Also, a shout out to the Modern Success Tribe. If you guys are interested in getting more support from me and the group and joining our community, you can go to briancasella.com to check that out. Highly recommend everybody who's a listener here joins Modern Success. We just had our last event in Houston, Texas, which was fucking incredible, right? If we're going to put it into words, and that still doesn't do it justice. But uh, today, I actually bring a familiar voice and face and name. Uh, we have Drew here from Florida. He's in uh, Lakeland. He's a part of our Florida squad doing exceptionally well, which is one of the many reasons I wanted to bring him on. Uh, but before we get into it, I wanted to introduce him. What's up, Drew? How's it going, man? Hey, Liege. <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, finally, it's good to be here. Love this podcast. Yeah. It's going good. Appreciate it, bro. So, I mean, you have an interesting backstory, man, because you're in Florida now, but you didn't grow up and you weren't born in Florida. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, originally from the greatest city atlanta illinois not georgia so atlanta illinois population somewhere underneath 1500 people um grew up there pretty much my whole life up until i was about 22 when i moved to florida so come from a pretty big family i got eight brothers and sisters and uh yeah grew up real small town country life and then eventually decided after I finished my associate's degree <clears throat> that I was just done with it between winter and a couple other things just wasn't my place. So I had to bounce. <laughs> Makes sense. And was there in the beginning, I mean, even before you got into real estate, was there like a, like an adjustment period for you going from 1500, you know, population to now, you know, a bigger city <clears throat> of six figure plus? Um, yes and no. So I, there was a town nearby, which was called Bloomington, Illinois, and they had a decent population between um, the town. There was actually a town called Normal. So between Bloomington Normal, they called it Bloomington Normal, but um, it had a decent amount of people and it was growing. And, you know, there was a couple colleges there in the town. So I was like a 30, 35 minute drive from me. Um, so like technically I lived seven miles outside of Atlanta, Illinois. So I didn't even grow up like in the city. I grew up in the country. Um but where we would go when we would go to town would be Bloomington. So uh, Lakeland is actually not too different from that. You know, it's not huge, um, but it's a, one of the big reasons why I ended up choosing Lakeland because it's kind of familiar when it comes to the size of it, I would guess. And it's not too far from Tampa or Orlando. So cool. And by the way, not I want to far. announce everybody, uh, from last year, Drew still owes me a sausage McMuffin. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have like a million jokes, right? That's <laughs> funny. Okay, oh, dude, God. so you, you go to Lakeland, right? What originally inspired yeah. the move? Was it just to get the hell out of there? Or was there other specific reasons yeah. why you went to Florida? Yeah, I mean, um, so I think that I was a little different from the people that I grew up around. You know, a lot of farmers, um, my college or my high school was made up of a bunch of small farm towns. Um, my family didn't really have any farm business. We, I grew up on a Christmas tree farm, but it wasn't anything like the cattle or this, the pigs or the corn or the beans. 
And so a lot of those people after, if they didn't go to the military or they didn't um, go onto their parents' farms, there was a lot of people that just either left or their lives were like nothingness. Um, and they just became like the norm for that area. Like, oh, you're just going to do this, 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 and then, you know, basically work your life like this. Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't identify with a lot of those types of lifestyles. I always wanted something that was a little flashy or a little, um, I wanted to get out of that. You know, I wanted to kind of, I, I always dreamt of like hitting it big and doing something big. Um, and I think originally a big part of that was just knowing, knowing that I had to do something drastic. Um, and then Florida kind of came into the picture when I was probably like 17, 18, started visiting um, a couple of friends from my hometown that grew up in the same little bitty town as me, ended up going to a school down here for college. And I would visit them like on my birthday when I was like 17, 18, and just eventually started to see myself somehow making the transition. Um, and the water, once I really got down and like was able to have my first experience, cause I had never been to the ocean until I was like 17. Um, so I knew my family didn't really do vacations and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so when I got there, it was life changing because, you know, growing up in the middle of nowhere, um, and then getting out to the, the big cities. So I thought big city of Tampa, which I just learned Houston is way bigger than Tampa. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even though the area that I'm in is not the hugest, you know, Miami is bigger and stuff like that. It just from where I came from, this was like, wow, you know. Yeah. Um, and so there's probably more out there that I've yet to explore. But for sure, I mean, it definitely started with a I have to get the hell out of here in order to hit it big. Um, in my opinion, I mean, that's what I was thinking at the time. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, this eventually presented itself as like the number one landing choice. Nice. So you, you move to, to Florida, um, you know, you're kind of figuring things out. Uh, I know we're, we're going to cut out a lot of stuff here, but where yeah. and when, or what sparked real estate coming into the, the vision or the, the, the brain for you, you know? Yep. So I bounced around a couple of jobs and um, eventually landed into a sales job with um, Red Bull, the energy drink company in Tampa. Woo! I had my wings for a few years. Um, and that was the door to real estate because I knew that all this time I was really, really good with customer service and stuff like that. Just doing like this and that type jobs. I worked at Target for a while. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of clothing jobs and stuff like that, but interacting with people, super cool. Um, so I got to learn not only a lot of different, cause like diversity here was huge, like compared to where I grew up. And so I started to have like this, I don't know what you would call it, but um, I really liked learning new people and new cultures and new, new things. And so with Red Bull, that industry, you deal with a lot of people that were extremely foreign to me from overseas, different countries. Um, and so that was originally really cool. I like to learn more about people. And then that also like thrusted me into the sales role. Um, because once I started to take the job a little more seriously, I'd say probably six months to a year in and started to really learn how much money I could make from maximizing those commissions. Um, that's when my salesy took over and I started to really grow 
And then th- probably about three years after that job is when I kind of just learned that I'm getting pretty good at this. When I apply myself and my commissions were limited. And so it started to be more of a, hmm, like then the, the wheels started turning. Yeah. I started to like get the feel that, you know, the whole like entrepreneur, like these people, you know, I'm worth more than this, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I had a, a good friend that since I had been coming down here to Florida since I was younger, I knew a guy who had a real estate team and he had kind of, you know, <clears throat> he reached out to me a year, year or two before, and he was like putting a thought in my head and I just wasn't there yet. Um, I didn't feel like I was equipped to do that. And so I originally turned him down um, and we met a couple more times and it just, the timing was right. And so I ended up making the move to jump immediately into full-time, quit my job. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool feeling. <laughs> was that decision easy for you to just snip the cord with your old job and go full-time or what did that process look like mentally? Yes and no. So at first, it was very much an easy decision because um, a lot, I had a lot of crazy variables going on towards the end of my time with that job. Um, I was under a lot of stress, like with my body. I was going through a couple of bodybuilding competitions. I did amateur bodybuilding. And so <clears throat> I was just wrecking my body, um, constant workouts, not enough sleep. The job was really stressful and they started reducing the commission that I could make, making me work longer hours. Um, They transferred me to a completely different sales territory. And it's like learning a couple, like learning, you know, hundreds of new customers all over again, after you just built those relationships, they kind of just pick me up and would drop me into the next area to go like, you know, fix it up. I was like going into an area and then people would the sales would boost and the rapport would be through the roof. And then they would just put me in another spot. And so it was like, I had to keep building these places up and it was killing me like physically. So there was, it was a pretty easy decision at first. Um, But then obviously once things don't really go your way and you're sitting there like a couple months in no sales and you're kind of like, man, like, what was I thinking? And so Um, I had a little bit of guilt when I quit and I started a part-time job at like a little kickboxing gym. Uh, It's a boutique gym called Nine Round Fitness. And um, just because I was like, I'm not making any money. I don't feel like I'm making any progress. Like, what did I just leave? I was making making the most money I'd ever had in my life at the, well, yeah, at the time. And um, so I had a little bit of guilt and then I ended up stumbling upon modern success um and i yeah i haven't thought about that job ever since so and uh that little temporary part-time job that's where you met derek right for sure yeah that's yeah, such a small world man so yeah. cool how um my roommate now uh derek we met at that part-time job at that little uh, kickboxing gym he was a the manager there and um we're from the small same area in illinois so come to find out he grew up 30 minutes from me also in not a super well-known area. Um, and when I met him, I was like, oh, you know, he's like, where are you from? And I was like, Illinois. And it's the usual, when someone says Illinois, they think Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, oh, you know, Chicago. And I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, you know, immediately he was like, okay, where are you from? Like, 
And so we started to get to know each other, come to find out, yeah, we grew up not too far from each other. We're not too far off in age. Um, his family moved down here when he was younger, like, I think like five years ago, six, seven years ago, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. they've been here for a little bit. Small world, man. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> what, what the odds are of that mathematically. I'm sure it's like in the I mean, millions or billions. So just thinking billions. about billions and billions. <laughs> and so just, I mean, yeah, think about that for a second. Like I decided to leave my job and moved back to Lakeland because I was living in Tampa. It was closer to my job yeah. and moved back to Lakeland only because the opportunity was here with my friend and I had been studying about the market here and the projections and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, come to find out that um, I had that little decision to, um, I was trying to just put as much money into my bank as I could while trying to do real estate. For some reason, I felt like I was burning through money too quickly, even though I was very strict. Um, I was really, really pinching my pennies. And so I started to do Instacart and that kind of stuff. And I started to do, and I was like, um, I want more of like a, um, it, I went from the gym to Instacart, but I started to do these little things to try and make money in the evenings. And that job was the evening job. And so, yeah, it's weird. There's multiple locations in Lakeland of that gym. And he was working at the one that I was at. It was, I don't know. There's a lot of variables there that I think about a lot that are pretty cool to me. And so you're penny pinching, huh? So you were literally doing the Julian and throwing the cans on the ground to get a discount. 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> What's he say? He's like, uh... Microsoft is down three points. <laughs> yep. That's funny, bro. So I want to, this, this has always been interesting to me uh, from like when you joined Team VC, which we'll get into later. First couple months, I don't know, first three, six months in the business were not pretty for you, huh? At all. Nah, they, um, just from a personal standpoint, like I felt like I was not making any progress. I felt like I was stuck, you know, felt like I had kind of just leapt and I didn't know how to apply myself. You know, I'm always such a hard worker. I feel like in all the jobs that I do, I've always tried to do, you know, a really good job. And with this one, I felt like I was just kind of sitting there. I felt like I didn't know just where to go. I had like a bunch going on inside of me and I didn't really know which direction to go. And I was lacking the ability to kind of just um, stop thinking and just start doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't have really any success. I mean, I wasn't prospecting hardly at all. Um, my sphere isn't really huge here. I mean, it's not really an excuse. It's the people that I would call and go through, I had some type of guilt that I was feeling about calling them. Like, yeah. I don't want to bother them or whatever. And so yeah. what I was doing was um, my team was giving me leads every now and then from realtor.com and I would call them and I would follow up. But sometimes with those, it's like you would get a name and it would be like, not now, just like first name, not now, last name, just looking. Yep. And I'll be like, hell, hell yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a good lead right there. I can't wait to call them. So that's, I mean, that's all I was really doing for the first several months was I felt like a lot of the things had kind of crashed around me and I was kind of like a woe is me, like COVID had just started. So like I got my license and then COVID had shut down the office I'm going to shut down. Like I didn't have any home supplies because I had just moved to from Tampa to Lakeland. Yeah. 
I didn't have a home office at all. Yeah. I didn't even, my laptop was like broken when I moved back here. So I didn't have anything. And um, yeah, pretty much was just at home in an empty house with hardly any furniture. I didn't have any real estate stuff. And then I found out that they canceled my orientation. They canceled the bold training. I think I remember asking you about it. Like, oh, is it good? Like, should I do it? And you were like, honestly, dude, I don't, I mean, I didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, doesn't even matter because they canceled it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I felt, felt kind of helpless, honestly. And when, or was there a particular thing that allowed you to finally start doing something like something clicked or did you come across a certain person or what happened to start the process of improvement or going in the right direction? A lot of isolation. Um, being alone, it was kind of like, um, it was a good thing, you know, a blessing and a curse, like being alone, just kind of like in my own thoughts about like what I gave up to start this. And then realizing that if I didn't do something quick, like if I didn't make a change, and do something that it was going to be pretty much like, well, you're, you're going to need to get a job. It's no longer going to be a want situation. Yeah. Um, and so I started like, you know, doing the YouTube, <laughs> but I basically just sat around and was like, I had a nasty gut feeling that I was like, this is not right. Like I know way too many people who have had that instant success. I mean, that's not what I needed, but it's, I needed to feel like I was making progress and I didn't feel like I was making any progress. Um, so I started just like looking anywhere for help, started just reaching out to people. And um, yeah, that's how I found you on YouTube. Wow. That's incredible, dude. And a lot of people in the isolation, I'm glad you brought that up and said that word specifically, that will actually take them farther down the hole in a bad way. Right. Yeah. Where now they, they, they get even more victim mentality, more woe is me. And then they, they just literally will fall to pieces. And then that becomes a story of their life. Well, I gave it a shot for six months at Keller Williams and then COVID hit. And if it wasn't for COVID, I would have been a star, you know, and then they create that, sure. that narrative that when they're 40 or 50, they turn into homeboy, uh, uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite. Right. <laughs> so should have put me throwing, we would have won the state, right? Like, like throw it over that. that mountain over there. Yeah. Mitchell can throw a pigskin a quarter mile, right? Like, we laugh at that, but a lot of people are like that, bro. And I'm a little older than you. And I've already at my age hit a lot of my peers are already telling that story. I'm like, bro, like we're not old, you know, like yeah. you can reinvent yourself and do something else. Like they, like they lost their shot. Exactly. Right. Like they don't have a chance anymore. It's like, dude, you're in your thirties. You're not fucking 85 on your deathbed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like wake up. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's, uh, it was dude. I mean, honestly, it's, uh, it's been a lot. It's been a huge transformation um, in me. I mean, a, a lot has changed in my life in the last year just from that alone. You know, I don't think I'd ever been so alone in a good way. Like, I don't really think that I had ever taken that much time to look at myself like and make a decision, um, you know, and it's crazy because a lot of the things that I was feeling once I start, once I found your podcast and I started like listening to some of your stuff, it was almost like I found it at the right time because some of the things that I was going through, I was able to just like listen to another episode or, and it was like just awkwardly right on kind of what I was thinking, feeling started to do some of the exercises that you were like suggesting, which was a lot of like, look at yourself in the mirror and yeah. like really analyze what's going on with you. 
Um, and then I, one of the conversations that you talked about in the podcast was like, if you have something on your chest, get it off your chest. Like you can't walk around with that stuff, like be a man, you know, and just say what you're feeling. And so I kind of just ended up nutting up and then went to the team that I was part of with my friend and was like, it's not really working. Like I have to do something else. Um, I didn't yet know that real estate wasn't it. I just knew that like where I was at wasn't meshing and that gut feeling to quit what I had just quit my job for was very scary. And so there was a lot of reflecting going on as to like, whether this was the right decision and I felt it in my gut and I just kind of like listened and (laughs) felt pretty good about it afterwards, but scary. I mean, it's scary thinking about it, but crazy how that happens man like it's so intense before you do it and after you do it you're like hell yes you know what i mean like you You get rid of all that excess like energy or built up emotion like whatever you want to call it right so um you know obviously we've been chit-chatting already for like 20 minutes which is great because i always like getting the backstory of the people that i bring on because uh you know obviously you're doing really well now and and before we get into the the nuts and bolts of what i'm going to say next give just so people get like a reference give them like the first couple months like when you were with that team or versus now yeah of like transactions that you did and then versus like what you have pending now or what you've closed and everything in its totality yeah so uh in the first five months of my real estate business with keller williams i did not have any closed transactions um i did have a buyer that i put under contract and i was so excited <laughs> we went under contract and then her parents wanted to come see the house and they just pulled the plug. I was like, but (laughs) yeah, the first five months, um, I didn't have any closed transactions. Um, didn't really make any momentum, not a whole lot of stuff to applaud. I would say, um, as far as business goes and, and numbers, but, um, in the last little over, a month. Um, so it's been kind of like accumulating the first several months of prospecting, um, since joining EXP and team BC. Um, but, uh, currently I have a little over 1.6 million closed. Um, we just, I just put a piece of land under contract today. So that is, that makes, uh, 440,000 pending and, um, I have 230,000 under contract that's coming soon and I'm working with like several other buyers and sellers and I just picked up a couple new seller leads. So currently between pending closed, it's a little over 2 million right now. Nice. And my goal for the year was 5 million. So nice. And that's awesome, dude. Cause you're not in LA, right? Where, you know, a cardboard box on the side of the street with somebody <laughs> dumping it is worth a million. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. The average price point here is a little over 260. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome, bro. So let's get into that a little bit, man. I mean, you get started obviously in the beginning when you have no momentum, it sucks. And there's a lot of long days and long nights of just, you know, door knocking and calling. Like you literally just walk the same path that I did. Was there anything in particular that clicked that allowed you to start getting business like relatively quickly? Cause just so like, and I'll say this to you, I've never said this to you, what you're doing now, bro, as far as brand new agents, you're like in the top, like five percentile or like higher. Like, I don't know if you knew that as far as your production and what you're doing transaction wise and volume wise, 
So, I mean, I don't think I've ever told you that, but like, you have to understand that. Not that you like run around like, yay, right? But mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> right, like I'm part of the elite in a sense. Like if we were going to do an award ceremony for like rookies in the business, you're at that table. You get what I'm saying? So was it just, I did the work and it clicked or was there particular segues on that, that, oh, this happened or I did this or I met this person that caused this sudden shift from nothing to a bunch of deals? Yeah, it was um, a combination of a couple of things. So one of the things was the understanding that it was going to take work, like the understanding that like I knew that there was a possibility that it wouldn't work for a couple months. So like first and foremost, just understanding to be patient. And that I mean, that's a big thing. You know, a lot of people will go 30 days or even two months if they don't get business in two months, maybe, you know, that. Um, that meme or whatever, where it's the dude chopping for diamonds, picking for diamonds, and they give up just because it's like that one day, or, you know, that was the biggest thing. um, Initially was just like, shit. I just had five months of trying, and I didn't do anything. So now I'm supposed to just try that again, I guess. It was very much a yeah, that was, I mean, that was a big part of it was just like, here we go again. Like I'm about to just roll the dice again. Um, but leaning into it and trusting that it was going to work, that was very, very important. Um, and yeah, I guess just learning what I was good at, like learning that there were things that I could do that would generate business, um, getting in front of people. That was probably the biggest thing. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's several things that that was like the result or the the cause of this success. But um, a big part of it was attitude, like just having the right attitude every day, because knowing that you're knocking in the Florida heat and um, I sent you guys, you all pictures and videos of me soaking through all my clothes and knocking on doors and people laughing at me and giving me bottles of water. And what are you doing? Like, you know. (laughs) And, um, yeah, just persistence and the right, um, the right training. I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that I did it. Um, I did a lot of it. I mean, I, I did do a lot of work, but without certain nudges in certain directions, um, maybe I don't get, at, maybe don't, maybe I don't get where I'm at as quick, but, um, yeah, a lot of it was in the mentorship. Like when I first started with eXp, just hearing the opposite of what I had been previously told, which as far as prospecting and stuff goes, not a lot of people that I was around were doing cold prospecting at the doors or on the phones. Yeah. So, and even people that I talk to now that ask me about like how I'm doing well that I've met with for like a brief coffee, I'll tell them and their nose turns up so hard. They're just like, I'll never do that. And I was like, (laughs) okay. So there's a, there's a little bit of, um, humility that goes into it because some people are above it. And, you know, I had before Red Bull, I had just come from working third shift in a factory pulling 13 hour shifts overnight. Like I just, so I think the the shitty jobs that I've had set me up for the shit sandwich, which was a hundred doors a day for 60 days in a row. So Love it, man. And, and I want to grab onto something that you said that's key. You said you knew what you were good at, right? And there's a lot of ways I can take this, but for everybody listening, 
many people, when they do something when they're new, right, especially in this business of real estate, everybody in particular, the younger age bracket, probably my age from 18 to me, let's, let's say 18 to 35, when you are entering the business, whether it's you or outside comments and criticisms, it's always what you lack, what you don't do good, what you can't do. What he said is key. Because even in private conversations with Drew, he said, well, I know I'm good at blank, right? I know I'm good with people. I know I'm good at listening to them, right? He's shared some stuff with me. And, and when he <clears> said that, that's immediately what clicked in my mind. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that because you're focusing on, okay, I know I'm good at this. And you highlight that and work that versus other people will completely ignore what they're already pretty good at, even if it's advantageous and say, well, I need to fix this. What allowed you to do that when everybody knows that what we just discussed is present yet they still won't do that. Yeah, that was, um, I think that went really deep into my attitude. Mm. Um, <clears throat> coming from, and this is kind of a weird comparison, but this is how I do it. Um, coming from the, um, like the bodybuilding, the, the image that you're so concerned about, like what everything is going to look like. And then taking that into, the one-on-one, -on -one, like the person in the mirror and then getting deeper into the affirmations and stuff that was like, I had, a, I engaged in a lot of negative self-talk, um, not too long ago. And I just started making conscious efforts to tell myself the things that I'm doing well and the things that I'm doing good and just reassuring myself. And a lot of that was like, um, I wasn't BSing myself. I was like, I actually am good at this. And like, this is one of the things that they recommend doing. And so I think it started with the, um, the exercises about like getting comfortable with yourself and being honest with yourself. And so I was like, I was really, I feel like I was really mean to myself, like yeah. without even saying words to myself. And so, a lot, I mean, like I said, a lot shifted in the last year, just a lot of my mindset. Um, so I, it started to get that way at Red Bull. It started to change because the energy scene, I feel like even an average person knows this, but in the last year or two, there's been so many new energy drinks that have come out. Yeah. And so that was a huge problem for my industry. Like there was a ton of competition, which meant that my company was going to scramble to try and stay competitive, stay relevant. And so they wanted us to shift our mindset in order to take on the next year or the next whatever, like to prepare yeah. ourselves for the future. And that kind of shifted things for me thinking about like, okay, stop, analyze what's going on from almost like a third person view and then move forward. So it was like a weird third person moment for me when I started to like really see um, that I was good at a couple of these things that like um, would lead to business. And so I've just been, I mean, you know, I've been, just at the doors for most of my prospecting. I like the phones. They're okay. But the doors is what I like the most. Yeah. Just going and knocking. So, so Doors are epic, man. I mean, I always prefer the doors too, just to get out there, even though it's blistering hot in the summer. <laughs> I would much oh, rather yeah. be outside knocking on doors and shaking hands, you know, with people. Than the the first time I went, I had my little backpack with waters. Mm -hmm. I had like a couple bottles of water in my backpack and Kind of like what you you described the first time or the couple yeah. of times that you went and you had like a little satchel or a backpack yeah. or whatever. That was 100% me. <laughs> That's, funny. That's so funny, bro. So um, 
what do you think now moving forward? Obviously you're doing well, you know, you built some momentum moving forward. Are you just enhancing what you're doing? You adding, adding anything new to the table or is it just a matter of refining what's already, you know, on the table to maximize that first before doing anything new? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to lead, lean into my strengths um, a little bit harder. I'm going to knock a little bit more sensibly. Like since I'm having business now, I'm going to take the opportunity to really um, target around those homes that I'm putting under contract and selling just kind of like leveraging success. Um, so at the doors, I'm, my scripts are changing a little bit. Um, not a lot, but I'm starting to really, like you said, leverage your success, um, to your advantage. And so one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, with some of the money that I've made recently, I'm going to, um, put it probably into some Facebook marketing or some type of passive, um, advertising so that way i can um get there i want to really get Derek rolling i want to get some type of because he's working right now and so i want to be able to not only for myself in the future but i would like to be able to kind of help him get that you know sale or two to get just out and start full time but um that's something i really want to put some money into here soon um which is some facebook ads and just kind of like promote my listings and stuff on there because i'm taking more listings than buyers lately. Um, so any way that I can, I want to, um, continue doing what I'm doing because I'm, ha- I'm having really good success at the doors. Like I just picked up another seller lead today, um, probably about $300,000 range. Um, and he's ready to sell pretty soon and within the next month or two. So, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's luck or if it's just persistence or, I mean, like you said, it's a, a numbers game, but I'm not probably not going to stop knocking anytime soon. I mean, I am having so much success. It's definitely one of those things that I'm, it's a labor of love. Like some days are really bad and you're like, man, that sucked. Like not many people opened. It was hot. You got yelled at blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then the next day, maybe the same thing. And then you might even get it three days in a row. And the fourth day you get like a ton of good business. Like it's always, it's, um, yeah, that's one of the things that is surprisingly fun for me. People that talk about like hating it or being scared to do it. It's, I was pretty nervous at first, but I got to be honest, it's helped me a lot in my communication and my um, comfort. Absolutely, man. So. Let's wrap it up like this, right? Because you're having so much success at the doors. Number one, he's door knocking and he did this all during COVID. So for all of you who are mortified to go door knock, you can do it. Number for two. Sure maybe either adjustments that you've made that you realize were mistakes early on or what's like two or three little mm. gems you can give them because I'm still to this day getting so many questions. My door knocking playlist on YouTube have like hundreds of thousands of views. Like this yeah. is still a very like controversial topic for people. Is there anything you think you're doing different from most agents at the door specifically like one, two or three things that you would recommend to them that, you know, for a fact, like, Hey, this is tried and true and this works. hundred percent. So first and foremost, the couple of things that have allowed me to gain this momentum have been to um, worry about less in my business. So there's so many different avenues in real estate that you can try to apply yourself. And if you're putting 10% of yourself in 10 different avenues, hoping to get major results back, you can't really expect that. Like, so for me, I, I just simplified the heck out of my business by limiting it to calls doors. And then I realized that I was generating a lot of leads. And then I started to think, 
I'm not managing these leads. So then the question became add something else, which was my follow-up. Mm-hmm. So it seems very, um, you know, like you should have a follow-up, <laughs> but my shit was bad. So yeah, um, yeah I added that. And um, then I just, you're, I mean, I would vouch for everybody. Everyone needs to join Modern Success so they can access the close the deal. If they don't go to Modern Success, just buy close the deal. I still don't think that I've watched all of those videos, but that goes back to me simplifying my business, which was focused on the first several lessons, which the first 10 or 20 lessons. And they go over a lot of things that you use at the doors. I don't want to overcomplicate it, but body language is so important at the door. Yeah. It is so important. A big part of that is because when you're on the phones, I mean, they're going to break apart your voice if you're trembling, if you're whatever, but there's so much more to judge at the door. Mm. You have to figure out how to get comfortable. And the next step is how to make them comfortable. It's once you can make yourself comfortable, it's very easy to make that person comfortable. They don't sense the nervousness. So although it's easier said than done, you need to be aware of your body language. That's like super important. The next thing is you need to have a script, non-negotiable. You need to have a script and you need to have it memorized. I have a notebook somewhere in here where every day that I would go out knocking, I would write the whole script on the page in a pen and I would probably highlight it and read it really fast. I would chant it and then I would go out to the door and I, when I couldn't memorize it, I would have my book with me and I would read it and it would allow me to get all the questions out that I needed to ask. And then the more that I memorized it and the more comfortable I became, the less I would carry the notebook and I would just memorize it. However, not reading it verbatim. It would be like when you sense someone's body language instead of like, so now you've got your body language taken care of and you're able to be more comfortable and you're able to listen and pay more attention to whoever's at the door. You're then able to use judgment on how to adjust your script accordingly. And I feel like that's, you know, I don't want to toot my horn, but that's, that's like next level stuff that allows people to convert five, six, seven out of 10, as opposed to one or two or three. So, you know, someone opens the door and you can see that they're like pissed that you're there and blah, blah, blah. You can immediately just like cut that script down and like ask the things that are important, get to what you need. And then, you know, if they're, if they're giving off the same kind of energy, then you get their information really easily. Um, but if you like look at someone who's, you know, pissy or whatever, and you start going the hi, sir, good day. My name is, and you're, they're like, fuck out of here. So a big part of it is being comfortable and having that body language that just shows that like, you're cool. And the next thing is reading somebody. So those things are, it takes time to get those down, but that goes back to the patience that I had to have. I knocked on a lot of doors in the first couple of months that I was knocking. I put like, it was like over 5,000 doors that I knocked in the first couple of months. And, um, you know, just very quickly brought to my attention, all of these little things that were happening at every door, like, Oh, 25 people said this same exact thing. And then you start to see the things that I learned about in the videos. And I think that's what 
um, like launched my success is that by just trusting it and doing it and listening to like what you and, and the training videos and stuff suggested, I was then starting to see it and it became real. And that's what kind of like poured it on. I was like, oh man, I'm about to get really good at this. So yeah, it's, it's the body language, man. I feel like that's so much of it. The script is, is a big part too, but the words, I mean, they're not so much what matters. The words really aren't. Cause like you can ask Paula or Derek or whoever's knocked with me. Sometimes like you will run into somebody and you're like, no chance, like no chance. This guy's listening to the script. Like, yeah. um, and so you just end up shooting the shit with them and then nonchalantly getting their information, like a non-traditional way, asking almost no real estate questions, but just having a normal conversation. Like there's sometimes that you end up using your judgment and just kind of like taking it a whole different direction, but the comfort, man, that's like number one, in my opinion, just being comfortable. And I mean, a lot of that you earn too. You're not going to get good at that stuff unless you do it a lot. But if you knock 5,000 doors sure. in a couple months, I mean, obviously your learning curve is going to be shortened <laughs> because most people won't knock 5,000 over their whole 30 year career, you know? So <laughs> yeah. concentrate it into that short of a period of time. You can make adjustments quicker and you can see patterns and spot them easier. So there's a rhyme yeah. and reason to everything that's being taught. Right. And he's one of the few examples like Brett is another good example where you guys are doing it so consistently. It's not a surprise that you guys are doing well. I mean, it, like I tell people, watch this person. They're so consistent in a month or two, they're going to be in a completely different position. And it's just it's like a mathematical equation. It's like two plus two equals four. It's going to happen like every time, dude. Yeah. And so true. And um, that was important for me to have bad days and good days because. Excuse me, because. Um, you know, the numbers game, putting in all those doors and then thinking like, if you have a day where you hit a hundred and let's say you do like over a hundred and you don't get anything, you're kind of just like, man, what a waste of a day. And then totally redeem yourself yeah. the next yeah. day, like with some good business or something. But I mean, that's, it was at first really tough going to the doors and not having like either a not having success or B just it not being instant, but it definitely helps when you put that many doors in because you're right. You're able to like really look at your business and it becomes very easy to see like what's going good and what's going wrong and like where to adjust because you're seeing so many of the same things over and over again. So it, a lot of it's just numbers and that's what I tell people just get out there and do it. Yeah, I agree, man. So obviously after this episode, people are going to want to reach out to you. Hey, let me talk to you about door knocking, Drew. What's uh, yeah. where do you want people to follow you? Facebook, Instagram, where, where do you want them to hit you up? Yeah, you can reach me on Instagram. Um, I usually go live on Instagram or Facebook with knocking and whatnot. So if you ever have any questions, always reach out. Uh, it's Wilson Drew FL. So check me out on Instagram. Yeah, he goes live pretty often. He's always posting in the group too, which is funny. And he mentioned close the deal earlier. I only have close the deal in MS, bro. It's an MS exclusive. Oh, snap. MS snap, snap. Bro. So then these punks need to join MS for sure because uh, Brian has some really, really good training videos. And, you know, the information doesn't change. No matter how long the video, like no matter, it could have been shot 10, 15, 20 years ago. And if it had the same information, it would still be relevant to this day, even during COVID, even out of COVID, pretty much no matter what. Um, 
yeah, the, what I've learned from that um, program, and like I said, I haven't even really finished it yet. Um, but a lot of the stuff that's in the beginning of it is just, it's like next level. It has definitely changed and been a huge help for my business. Awesome, bro. Well, I appreciate having you here. Appreciate your friendship, man. Team BC, right? Hey, hey, Dude, Florida's killing it, man. You, Paula, and Brett are, are fucking lead, leading the race right now mm-hmm. for Team BC. You guys are absolutely crushing it. I love it. That's that's great. I uh, Yeah, hope to do more. I got several in my pipeline. I just got some um, some new cash buyers. Like I said, I just picked up a new. So hopefully, um, my goal is 24 transactions and $5 million for the year. So I'm hoping to blow those numbers out of the water. Hell, yeah. Hell yes. Hell yeah. Hey, <laughs> right, bro. Appreciate having you. All right, guys. Supreme being every Monday and Wednesday. This is a special interview with the man, Drew Wilson. In the description, I'll put <laughs> his Instagram and his name so you guys can follow him and hit him up if you want. All right. Peace. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.